1: Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Real Life Ghost Stories. You alright? I'm Emma. I'm Dan. And we're going to tell you three gorgeous spooky stories today. But before we do that, we need to thank our Patreon subscribers.
2: We do indeed.
1: And let's do this. We would like to thank Jebel Gaha.
2: Matthew Waters.
1: Ariane Agaco.
2: Nicole Del Grosso.
1: We need to talk about ghosts. Whoop, fellow whoop, podcasts. Kevin. Please go check them out. Steph Meehan. Robin Hawes, Zachary. Diana. Jules. Ava and Liam Cosgrove. Hi. We Hi. love you. And we love the fact that you're listeners and that you're Patreon subscribers. And your mum made you guys patrons just for us. So you need to give your mum a big hug and say thank you.
2: Ah, Just king.
1: Ashley Wessels. Ailish. Ailish G GG Davy.
2: Michael Dotti.
1: Daniel Montejo. Jesus.
2: Oh, Jesus. Adam Hyde. KCG. Christy Bryant.
1: And Cresta the Wise. Nice. So thank you all so much for your thank Patreon you. so, pages.
2: So, 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 so appreciate it.
1: I don't think we'll ever be able to express how much we appreciate it, but it's crazy that you guys want to donate your hard-earned cash to us lowly humans. And
2: Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you.
1: Are you ready for your film review this
2: week? Yes.
1: Our film review this week is The Fourth Kind. It was released in 2009. It is 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb and a whopping 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis?
2: I would like a synopsis.
1: Since the 1960s, a disproportionate number of the population in and around Nome, Alaska, have gone missing. Despite FBI investigations, the disappearances remain a mystery. Dr. Abigail Tyler Mila Jovovich. I'm going to struggle to pronounce her name the whole way through this. A psychologist may be on the verge of blowing the unsolved cases wide open when, during the course of treating her patients, she finds evidence of alien abductions. Can I start on this one? Yes. I have seen this film before and I remember at the time thinking it was absolutely terrifying. So I was really tentative about watching it again. And then I realised that Dan had bought the DVD version, so I was like, oh, let's just watch it. And even before we sat down to watch it, Dan was like, Are you sure you want to do this? Because you know you're going to get nightmares. This is such a bad idea. And I was like, no, you know, we're doing this for the podcast. We're doing this for the people, okay? We've got to watch it. And what a crock of shit that film is.
2: <laughs> it's not that bad. Is it not? No because oh, I'm pretty sure it is no I don't think so I think that 18% is unjust
1: I'm baffled as to how I found this film so terrifying but I'll stop what were your thoughts on this film
2: um, I saw what it was trying to do it didn't work <laughs> and there was a lack of aliens yeah spoilers because I've not seen it before
1: can we just talk say that there's going to be spoilers in this film review so if you're not interested in spoilers and you want to go see the film fast forward about 10 minutes and then go watch the film, and then re-listen to our film review. Distinct lack of aliens in this film.
2: Like there's, like, there's, there's no aliens in this film. No. There's owls. There's lots of owls.
1: Yeah, but you never see. You
2: only see that one shot of an owl. No, you saw him a couple of times, but it was the same owl with just like with eye shadow on.
1: <sighs> Don't use owls and in drag instead of aliens. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. And I love a good owl. Like, I'm a big fan of owls. I love owls. And I can see what they were trying to do. And I thought it was really clever, that idea that these people are saying, I keep seeing owls at night time. So the premise of the story is, it starts with Mila Jovovich going, I'm Mila Jovovich, actor. And what you're about to see is taken from archived footage. So you get the whole, like, shit, this is like a, a found footage film. And they recreate, and I'm doing recreate in inverted commas. They recreate all the archived footage, and then throughout the film, they have like side by sides of the so-called archived footage and the recreation to show you how how like accurate it is. And now I appreciate the effort that's gone into pretending this film is real, but at least make good archived footage.
2: The, the archived footage is terrible. I'm sure there was one point where there was a, a previous actor came and. who was acting in the main film, then reappeared in the archive, which is someone else.
1: Definitely, 100% did.
2: (laughs) And then there's this brilliant bit where one of them is having a freak out under their... um, Hypnosis. Hypnosis. And the uh, the guy that's acting, who's in the not-real footage... um, kicks over the table in a much more natural way.
1: But he sort of like, in the in the found footage, he sort of runs and drop kicks the table rather <laughs> yeah. than like doing it naturally when he's scrambling to get off the sofa. He was obviously told that you have to kick over the yeah. table. And he's like, he does like a little karate kick. Wacha! To kick over the table. It's so ridiculous. But I think my main issue with this film is that they don't do anything like fully. So there's the whole idea of... Funny. Fully, oh. fully, not funny. It's not a funny film because no, it's, it's so funny. terrible. The whole idea of alien abduction, like in the beginning, it's, it's, it is it's quite like, oh, what's going on here? Like, and you know that this is something freaky. All of her patients talk about seeing an owl at nighttime and then they talk about how it's not an owl. They get freaked out during their hypnosis and whatever. And it's really like, it's quite a good concept. But then you never see one fucking alien and all of the footage of these people and there's there's points in it where these people are possessed almost by these aliens and they speak for some reason Sumerian. I dunno why they speak Sumerian. I think it's Who like knows. alluding
2: to the fact that at some point in our history Ancient aliens kicking yeah. around.
1: Um but even the fact, even that footage is distorted because it because they're trying to portray that like the archived footage was all distorted by the aliens or whatever.
2: Anytime it's it builds shy. towards something good, the footage fails.
1: Yeah, and it, it's just like, and then I thought, you know what? We're gonna see it. We're gonna see them being like sucked out of the house. Nothing. No. So if you are watch, if you want to see some damn aliens, don't watch this film. I went to bed after watching this film. Not a bother on me. I wasn't even worried about being abducted.
2: No, because there was no aliens in
1: it. Not one single. And alien. I wasn't
2: overly convinced with the woman that was playing the real person. That so, was playing the real Doctor Tyler.
1: Doctor Tyler is played by two people. You've got the archived footage, which is her real real life self and then you've got the Mila Jovovich playing her as in, the actor yeah. and she, the, as I said the archive footage is terrible the only it's thing I convincing. will say
2: about it is the woman that they got to play the real Dr. Tyler mm, looks in like the archive alien. footage looks like an alien why are you stealing my thunder mm, sorry <laughs> sorry for stealing your thunder babe but I don't know
1: and loads of people have been saying so I put it up on Instagram and Facebook and everyone's like oh my god that film's so freaky is that the film with the owls blah 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 I genuinely think you need to go back and rewatch it because it's actually not scary and it's such a slow burner like fuck all happens and also what what annoyed me as well as I was doing loads of reading about this film afterwards because I was like surely people have been pissed off by this a lot of psychologists have talked about how like the in Alaska there's lots of social deprivation and places like Nome are like these flatlands on the coast in the tundra, they're not these beautiful mountainous regions like is portrayed in the film. And they have major problems with um, suicide, alcoholism, drug use, because there's huge unemployment. It's winter for like 13 months a year or some shit. I don't right. know. It's kind of delegitimizing the level of mental illness that occurs in these areas because of where they live and because of their social socioeconomic status. So then to make this film where it's like, do you know what? Fuck it. It's aliens is actually really disrespectful. And none of it's real. So anybody out there who thinks this film is based on true events, no, it isn't, babes. It isn't.
2: But they would... Oh, I don't know. I think that's taken it a bit far, actually. What is? your analysis of it there. Not, I know it didn't come from you, but about it being disrespectful. They weren't, they weren't setting out to make a social film, were they? They were setting out to make an alien film they happened to pick somewhere in Alaska. If they,
1: Yeah, where loads of people do go missing. That's true. Yeah. So I think it's unfair then to... Like, because they they portray suicide and stuff in the film badly. They do do that. that, I'll Um, give you that. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like pick anywhere else. Pick anywhere else that doesn't have those issues with genuine people genuinely going missing.
2: But if you're trying to, I don't know, I'm playing devil's, devil's advocate here a little bit. If you're trying to make a film that's based on true events, it would be helpful to have something where there's some kind of statistics to back up on what you're saying, right?
1: Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. I just don't agree with it. Okay. I just think it's shite. You know, it came out around the same time as Paranormal Activity. So obviously that found footage thing was back in again. And like films like Paranormal Activity and the Blair Witch Project and all that did, did that found footage beautifully. Actually, there was very little visible creatures or whatever in those films. So I think maybe...
2: Oh, maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe yeah, they were, that's what they were
1: going for. That kind of found footage idea that you don't actually need to see anything to be really freaked out by something. It didn't work. No doesn't work and I think it's really difficult because like alien films are really tricky because say the film Signs which still absolutely petrifies me like I hate that film it terrifies me but when you see the alien when you finally get to see the alien then it's not scary anymore and all of the bits prior to that where you just catch glimpses or there's those little feelings or they're talking about stuff that they think has happened is really terrifying and then you finally see it and you're like oh I'd fucking take that I would take that alien in a fight no problem don't worry about it so, kind of takes away from it. So, I don't know if it's possible to do like a an alien film that's genuinely terrifying the whole way through.
2: It must be, I reckon. But you've just got to do the right reveal because the Blair, like spoilers, Blair Witch. When you see the Blair Witch, that's still freaky.
1: But that's the Blair Witch too, where you see the Blair Witch. You don't see the Blair Witch at all in the first one, in the original
2: one. Do you not? No, no, you oh, don't see my, it at all. It
1: but in the second one, the one that came out recently, you do see her first fraction of a second and that fucking terrified me made me want to die i hated it i actually came out of the cinema in pain because i was in i was so tensed the whole way through that film and that was when we lived in the house with the basement as well so i came home and i was like couldn't even look at the basement Mm -mm -mm. had such a freak out about it anyway what would you give this film out of five two and a half why two and a half
2: uh i liked what they were trying to do just thought it was poorly executed i'm
1: gonna go for two I also think it had the potential to be really clever, but they just fucked it.
2: And I was, to be fair, they were building it. I was, because I haven't seen it, for the majority of the film, I was waiting for something, for the reveal. So I wasn't hating it. I was just like, okay, this is going to be really good when it actually gets around to the reveal. And then there wasn't. <laughs> there was no aliens. There was no reveal. So,
1: spoiler, there's no aliens.
2: We told we said that already.
1: But I mean, like, for me, I don't want to see no damn aliens, you know? But if I'm investing, if I'm taking, if I'm saying, I know this is going to traumatise me for about three weeks and I'm not going to sleep but I'm doing it for the podcast then I expect to see some fucking aliens and I didn't. So two stars from me. Okay. Two stars. We're not at open house level but we're also
2: It was coherent and actually the majority of the acting was alright. I thought.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: I like Will Patton.
1: Oh he's very the angry, aggressive. Angry cop. He's a very he's a very aggressive, very unprofessional <laughs> policeman in this film. He launches film.
2: a chair at a mirror. He does.
1: He launches a chair because she won't because she's won't answer his question in the way that he wants to, her to answer it. and he's like fighting everybody and all. But anyway, uh, I personally wouldn't recommend it, don't
2: bother. If you want to watch a good Will Pattern movie, watch the Postman, which loads of people hate, but I love that film. Or if
1: you want to watch a good alien film, watch signs. So Or Aliens. Or aliens. Never seen it.
2: Yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs>
1: I've seen the quintessential alien bursting from the tummy scene.
2: Yeah, that's not the scary bit.
1: Okay.
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: So, are you ready for some, 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 some damn stories today? Yeah,
2: let's go for this. I want are these are um, to... lady stories. Reader stories. L- leader leader l- stories. Are these listener stories? They are listener stories. Okay. We've got
1: three listener stories today. I want to um, say something as well, because somebody said to me on a live stream the other day, they were like, oh, I sent you my story and you haven't, uh, and I, I thought I'd hear it on the next episode. These stories that I'm reading today are from March so that's how that's how far back we are in terms of stories that's how many stories we are getting which is amazing please keep sending them but you just need to be aware that it might take us a while to get to them unfortunately so yeah if you send a story like we massively appreciate and we will absolutely 100% read out it might just take us a little while so I'm sorry means you do have to keep listening though every week just in case it's your story so that's a good thing for us are you ready for story number one Never. This is a local story.
2: I'm really sorry, I'm tired. I streamed really late last night. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Some yawning. Nobody needs to hear you yawning on the (laughs) podcast. Okay, don't cry about it. It's okay. Let's get some stories going to get you woken up. Okay. Our first story comes from Violet. I grew up in a 1970s, 1980s house in Dover, which, as I'm sure you know, is a relatively modern house for that area. My parents were the first or second tenants to live there in the 90s, and all of our neighbors were really elderly. It was in the picturesque cliff-top village of Acliff. My parents were my dad and my stepmom. Both were alcoholics and took drugs, and there was a lot of shouting, arguing, and tears in that house. I had two stepbrothers. My first experience happened before my stepfamily, when my blood mother and my sister lived there. I was around four years old. My dad had this weird plastic foot that was human-sized but hollow and looked really real. He used to hang it out of the loft hatch outside mine and my sister's bedroom door as a laugh. Once it was poking out and moving around the hatch as though it was being controlled from above and my sister dragged me downstairs yelling at our dad that it was moving. He laughed and went and got it. It was a joke to him that carried on after my mum took my sister and left. He would warn me if I was bad there was a monster in the loft that would eat me. Being a young child, I believed him. One evening he was downstairs watching television and I was in my bedroom upstairs when I heard stomping coming from the ceiling above me. Like most lofts, the floor up there were beams with nothing in between, but the stomping noise was loud and in a walking style, moving around. I ran and told my dad as we were alone at the time and he laughed and told me not to misbehave if the monster being so active. That was the only time I heard something though I would be on tenterhooks constantly for the noise of the loft hatch scraping across the ceiling like it did when it was opened. Due to the nature of the drug-taking downstairs, I was always confined to my bedroom, so would have to stay there even when I was petrified. After that incident, I had nightmares constantly of a one-footed man that would come out of the loft and come for me. In these nightmares, I was always frustratingly slow when running away and scared for my life. Even to this day, I still have that nightmare and it's been 20 years. What started as a joke from my dad has had a real long-lasting effect on me. The second incident happened when I was around seven and my stepfamily had moved in. Stepmom was getting herself and my brothers ready for bed, all in one room. We were mucking around and laughing and getting into our pyjamas when suddenly the incredibly heavy antique wooden table and drawers unit sitting in the corner began to move. It came away from its spot and what I can only describe as shuffled across the carpet and all the way into the middle of the room. It fully moved around 1.5 metres. We were all silent, staring at this drawer unit, unable to comprehend what had happened. Then my badass step just sort of snapped out of her confusion, walked over to it and checked it all over. She opened one of the drawers and inside was one of those mini wind-up action men dolls that moved their arms in a punching motion. And it was punching. She showed it to us and said, See? that's what made it move, (laughs) before putting all of her strength into it and shoving this unit back into the corner. This logic seemed to make sense to the three of us children, and we carried on playing on our way into bed. Only now as an adult I can see there is no way a tiny action man toy could have moved that heavy unit across the room. Not only that, but we had all been having baths and we were ready for bed, and we were unlikely to have played with that toy, so what had set it off? A couple of years later, myself and my stepbrother went downstairs early to make breakfast before going to school. When we entered the kitchen, the fridge freezer had come out of the cove in the wall where it lived and into the middle of the floor. A couple of the undercounter cupboards had moved too. We ran upstairs and woke our furious parents, with my dad stomping downstairs to look. He shoved the fridge back into place and joked that the silverfish had clearly moved it before going back to bed. Nothing else was said and we didn't have another experience like this. There were a couple of other odd events, like my favourite jumper that cloned itself and my brother's giant La La Teletubby that would sing in the middle of the night. Oh, hell no. But I really don't feel like the house was haunted or that there was any sort of ghost. My dad died there in 2013, so maybe it is now. I don't know. I've choked these events to being just one of those things phenomena, especially the glitch with my duplicating Mr. Men jumper. I'm sure you have far more interesting stories, but I'm glad I can tell someone about these things. I don't have any friends interested in the paranormal, so it's nice to get these things off my chest. Violet, don't you... ever feel like your stories aren't interesting, babe. We love them.
2: Violet, don't ever just chalk a fridge-freezer moving on its own down to something that just happens. I have not seen this phenomenon. I do not think it's something that regularly occurs. Just saying. Also, I am not having singing la-la dolls... I don't know why I'm pointing and nobody can see me. <laughs> I'm not having... Singing la la, dolls going off in the middle of the night.
1: There is something quite disturbing as about the Teletubbies as an adult, isn't there? They're such <laughs> a weird little thing. They were such a, like they obviously weren't they weren't our age group, were they? I don't remember the Teletubbies when no, I was Joe a kid. No, Joe got them,
2: not literally, but I think he was like the first generation. So you probably were young enough.
1: Oh no, I don't really remember them. Um, well, it might
2: have taken a bit longer to get. to But the I remember moment.
1: like my little cousins and stuff watching the Teletubbies, and it's just a very bizarre thing. But anyway. I think-
2: Anything pre cartoon, like pre cartoon age, is weird. Like what? Like all kids. Like, so kids' programs, when you get to like sort of six upwards, when you can engage with like Cartoon Network and like animated Batman and stuff like that, that's all fine. It's stories, isn't it? But anything pre that, when you're younger than six, TV that's made for toddlers is just bizarre.
1: It is bizarre, but do you not remember Courage the Cowardly Dog? No. That was a Cartoon Network TV show. If you remember Courage the Cowardly Dog, then please write me an email, message me, whatever it is. Because that shit was terrifying. It was this little dog called Courage and he lived with these two fucking freaky old people in the middle of nowhere. Like they just had this house in the middle of a desert and all of these horrific demons and creatures and everything would come to the house and Courage would have to save the day. But it was really traumatizing like i'd have to turn it off when it came on when i was a kid because i was like i can't watch this it's too scary
2: joe got traumatized by thundercats on one of our videos we had to throw the video away
1: (laughs) why there's
2: one of the one there was one of the uh thundercats episodes on this video where something really freaky happened i can't i don't think it was mumra or anything like that it was just it was just to me it was just a standard thundercats episode but something freaked him out so much he had nightmares about it and he made my mum throw it away
1: Oh, no way.
2: Yeah.
1: It's funny, isn't it, when you're a kid and things that freak you out? Courage the Character Dog was definitely one of mine. Really, really scary.
2: But in that, have you seen it have you seen in The Night Garden? It's a fairly fairly recent thing. It's probably not as modern as I was. I'm
1: vaguely aware of it. That
2: thing's weird. It's got a character called Muckapucka, which is very close to motherfucker, particularly if you've got a kid that can't say. But that's
1: really funny, though.
2: Yeah, but it's just like, it's weird things like that. And that old, that um, uh, French guy. The who the little girl with the pink hair and then the gymnast with the blue hair.
1: Oh, um, Balamore? No. Is that that one? No. Oh, no, I know the one you're talking about. I can yeah. see it in my head. But That's weird there. as well. Right? It's all anyway, weird. anyway, we're we have tangent Sorry, yes, we sorry. We'll go back. Um, can I just say, first of all, that Violet is living a gorgeous life. Nero's, by the way, in case uh. anybody's thinking, oh, my God, all this alcohol and drug abuse and whatever in her house, which is obviously really traumatic for anybody. And I, do, I firmly believe that that sort of trauma, like... Arguments in a household, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, whatever it is,
2: negative energy.
1: Neg- it causes some sort of weird negative energy. Mm. The other thing that struck me when I was l- reading this story was that we actually get earthquakes in this part of the world, which a lot of people don't realize or think that we do. I mean, I didn't fucking realize until I, you know, until we had until I experienced our first earthquake. So I wonder if it's possible that these that this moving furniture was caused by earthquakes because they're often so tiny that you don't really notice them that much it sound it's almost like thunder could be but I guess they could cause stuff to move
2: could be could have just been the action man
1: I loved that I love that step being <laughs> but like it is the action thing, man
2: it is the thing though when you're a kid if your parent yeah. tells you something you don't have that logic you're just like oh yeah of course it is
1: oh obviously action man oh my god he's so strong, strong.
2: Action man. There's a lot of, there's quite a kid's toy thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, that stuff doesn't just happen. I'm not convinced by the earthquake argument either. It's too weird.
1: The leg hanging outside the bedroom <laughs> is the weirdest <laughs> shit I have heard in a long time.
2: It's a very dad thing to do though.
1: It is a very dad thing to do. But my brothers used to do stuff like that to me all the time. Where they'd like tell me things that weren't true just to freak me out. <laughs> And then, like, and that's that shit does stick with you yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it really, really sticks with you when you, when your older sibling or somebody in your house tells you stuff that is scary, that's and me. then you believe it. Yeah. Did you do that to your little no, sibling?
2: Too nice. You are you, too you're nice. You're talking to the you're talking to the guy that hid in a cupboard when his mum was cleaning to jump out at her, and then <laughs> talked himself out of it in case it he gave her a heart attack. So sat in the wardrobe until she finished cleaning the room, and then got out after.
1: <laughs> oh my god that's the most told something I've ever heard are you serious yeah. were you like 17 when that happened
2: yeah <laughs> no I actually was I actually was I was home from uni uh, oh my god are you serious yeah I was, oh home, my god. I was, I was home from uni and I knew I knew the uh I knew the... Uh, the I thought the you were going to be I, like five. No, no, the room that I uh, the room that I uh, stayed in when I came back from uni was down... It used to be a garage and uh, I knew that the wardrobe was empty. So I was like, oh, this will be fun. So I climbed in the wardrobe and then and my mum was coming down cleaning. And I was like, I can't get out. If I get out, I'm going to scare her. Because my mum was quite jumpy like me. And I was like, if I get out, I'm going to scare her. She's going to have a Yeah, but I, I don't think die. you would
1: have killed her.
2: Well, I thought I was going to... I talked myself into a frenzy and then I ended up just sitting in a wardrobe until she finished and I got out.
1: Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god, that is so adorable. So, yeah,
2: I I mean, Joe will probably tell you some things that I told him, but I don't remember being anything particularly mean. He'll just go to the bit when I punched his tooth out. That's his current thing that he wants everybody to know about, so.
1: So somebody posted in the Facebook group about what films traumatised when you you when you were little. And my brother, John,
2: <laughs> let me
1: stay up and watch Silence of the Lambs when I was really young. And I can remember being fucking petrified. And I always remember I was like, I got up because he was babysitting me, and I was like, What are you watching? He was like, I'm watching a film about a man who eats people. Do you want to watch it? And I was like, okay. Uh traumatised, like petrified me. And then my sister was saying that my brothers, so I've got two brothers. Both my brothers allowed her to stay up and watch Candyman when she was really little. That's a really And moment. fucking traumatised her as well. Like, honestly, <laughs> that's horrific. Uh,
2: yeah, brilliant at the same time.
1: Oh, on, just, Jesus Christ. My brothers also used to, is the last thing I'm going to say, when I was little. And you know when you're really little during the summer and you go to bed and it's still bright mm. and you, know, like you get up in the morning and obviously it's bright again. They would... Um, I don't know if they remember doing this they probably do but I fucking remember they would wake me up and I'd only have been asleep for like an hour or two but obviously it would still be bright and they'd be like Emma 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 get up quick Santa came and it would be like the middle of July but little me would be like oh my god Santa came (laughs) fucking dickheads it's no wonder that I am an anxious mess Mm. (laughs) all of this trauma in my childhood are you ready for another story
2: not if it's got a singing la-la, though, doesn't it?
1: It does not. Good. So this is Ron's story. Are you ready? Ron!
2: <laughs> what? I'm not allowed to sneeze?
1: <laughs> oh, real nice Ron. <laughs> if you know that vine, we love you. Uh, when okay. I was 10, I moved to a ranch on 66 acres of land in Alpine, California, a mountain town outside of San Diego. On the other side of the mountain from where I lived was a Kumeyaay Reservation, so far as I know they used the mountain as part of a burial site for the elderly women of the tribe, hence the name of the mountain, Old Woman Mountain. I always liked to explore and one day I found an old, creepy, dilapidated house, which is the only way I can describe it. It had a 25 foot stone staircase going up to the house with a dead, wicked looking tree branching out over the whole house. When I first saw this house, it scared the living shit out of me. I couldn't get any closer than about 100 feet from the house. I backed up across the old bridge that crossed the small stream and went home. A few years later, when I was about 13 or 14, my friend Mike came over and I showed him the house. We then got the bright idea to go home, grab my mom's handheld tape recorder that my mom used to record her spiritual shamanic sessions. We decided to go and spend the night in the house, and let the recorder record and see what we picked up. When we got to the house, my friend freaked the fuck out and bailed. We decided not to spend the night. The next day after Mike had gone home, I decided to go to the house by myself. I couldn't use my mom's recorder because she was working that day. Anyway, it was daytime. I walked up the stairs and opened the bent screen to the house. It was a screened porch with debris lying on the ground. I walked to the living room of this decrepit old house. The back room ceiling was caved in. Crap was all over the floor and the toilet was shattered on the floor. There was a single light bulb in the living room with a long string attached. I pulled the string and the light turned on. Then a few seconds later, the string looked as if it was pulled and the light turned off. I pulled the string again, thinking that the bulb just blew. The light turned on again. I blew it off and went into the kitchen. I turned on the sink and just like the light, it turned itself off. I figured it was the plumbing. Suddenly I heard a demonic sounding growl that still freaks me out to this day. There is no way someone could be fucking with me being that the closest person was miles away. I ran out the door, down the steps and crossed the bridge. I saw my landlord driving up in his truck, he saw me running and stopped. I told him what happened and he told me to stay out of there. A few months later I was talking to my landlord's wife about it and told her what happened. (laughs) She then told me that back in the 60s there was a fire started in there by a group of young adults that were doing weird rituals and the candles lit the house on fire. She also told me that they had tried to renovate it a few times. Each time within a few days the contractors would bail on the project and not return. When I was in my late 20s about 10 years ago I was visiting some friends in Colorado and the first night I was there I had my first episode of sleep paralysis. I was lying down in bed and I woke up and it felt like my whole body was electrified. I couldn't move. I started hearing strange noises that I couldn't explain. I noticed what looked like three small two foot tall creatures that I couldn't make out in detail because it was that dark. I tried calling for my friend Bo as these things were getting closer. All that would come out of my mouth was his name, so weak I could barely hear it myself. I tried calling him again and it didn't change. I then felt what I can only describe as a toothless mouth on my foot. (laughs) I passed out after that and woke up and it was morning. It freaked me out so much that I slept with my shoes on for a few days. I didn't tell my friend as I brushed it off with sleep paralysis. About a year ago I was talking to my friend and told him what happened. What he said freaked me the fuck out. You saw them too. He was dead serious and told me that he had had a very similar experience the same night I was there. Oh, I'm actually, I need to take a break. I'm going to put, we've got more stories from Ron, but I'm just going to stop there for a second. Ron, I can tell you that if any two foot, any, any, any any two foot motherfucker was sucking on my foot in the middle of the night, they would be unequivocally sleep paralysis or not drop kicked down that (laughs) fucking stairs. Okay, <laughs> that's not happening in my world. That actually made my toes curl under the table.
2: See, I hate these stories because I've heard of someone having this experience before, where they've had um, like some kind of touching of the fur or biting on the fur. Oh. But the thing is, they all they're always response like Ron's was like, "I just slept in my shoes or slept in my socks for a couple of weeks." I can't sleep with stuff on my feet. Like I cannot deal with it. It's like I find it hard enough to sleep as it is. Socks on not happening definitely not she's so I am this is going to happen to me at some point isn't it
1: what some some two foot motherfucker is going to suck on your foot I really don't know how that would happen in our world it's not going to happen unless we go stay in like a haunted place or something but what what is the what is the goal I did not know that you know aliens had foot fetishes or that ghosts had foot fetishes like what's going on here
2: right I've got a theory
1: you've got a theory go
2: for it you know when you, you know when you get older, yes, you shrink a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's true. You do
2: right, and a lot of older people tend to have lose their teeth as well. What if these are actually just vampires, just old vampires, and actually what he's trying to do is suck the blood out of everyone's feet, but because he's old, he couldn't do it because he left his vampire dentures on.
1: I thought one of the points of vampires was that they don't get old.
2: Oh yeah, damn it.
1: Unless they were made of vampire when they were old.
2: Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, I can imagine that happening.
1: Oh, you'd just be <laughs> fucking raging. You'd be like, oh, I'm nearly... You know, because I imagine you get to a point in life where you're like, you know, I'm ready to die now. Like, yeah. I've done loads of cool yeah. stuff. I've seen the world. Whatever it is, I've given birth to these beautiful children. Whatever it is that makes kittens. you happy. Do you know? Kittens, whatever. Whatever makes you feel like you've fulfilled your life goal. And you're ready. You're like anytime i'm ready to die it's cool i've made my peace with it and then you get turned into a fucking vampire and you're stuck being an old person
2: yeah. for Ever. all eternity <laughs> yeah, that's not fun is it and you have to stay inside during daylight as well oh, you can't even sick. enjoy the sun rank um i so are they related is it related to the house or is this a separate thing is the foot sucking separate or is he is he suggesting that it might be linked to that house that he went to
1: I think he's... No, it's a separate thing altogether. Okay. So, so he sent me a number of stories, but I just read two of them together.
2: Okay, so that house with the growl...
1: Yeah, no, I would... I, I've
2: got fear about that anyway. But do you know what was really interesting about that story? What? Is that in the 60s, that house burnt down. Yeah. And the fire was started by candles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why is that interesting? Ah. Oh, <laughs> Dan has this thing about me and candles. I... I'm a basic white bitch and I love a good candle. Like I love a good scented candle. I love them all around the house. Love them everywhere. Thing is, I quite regularly forget to blow them out. So Dan follows me around and blows out candles. Which is really annoying because sometimes I haven't forgotten. Sometimes I just want to leave it lighting. Not when I leave the house, just when I'm downstairs. So that my upstairs is all scented and gorgeous when I go upstairs. But no, Dan thinks it's going to burn the house down. It's not going to burn the I house you down. I think you'll
2: find that Ron's, Ron's story is proof that it could burn the house down
1: okay alright fine I'll light less candles then
2: good and definitely don't light any in satanic rituals please thank you
1: well that, I have to when, that, when I'm doing satanic rituals that's a <laughs> given otherwise it doesn't work next story you ready <laughs> yeah my third story takes place around the same time is this run again yeah yes oh. still run my friends and I decided to go ghost hunting in a place called 5-5 Five Five in San Diego California a little history of the place Back in the day, the KKK used to bring African Americans down there to beat them and hang them. Horrific. That's yeah. me saying that, like horrific. Oh, yeah. But I imagine there's loads of places in America with that That's sort honest. of history. Like
2: what? Well, the slave history as well. Oh,
1: it's just, well, it's just even that alone. Like I, there doesn't need to be any more to that story. It, it makes my
2: with well, the genocide history as well.
1: Makes my hair stand on end other stories are that cars had crashed while racing down its twisted turns and also that many women were taken there and assaulted so with that in mind we grabbed some digital recorders and we drove out there it was in the middle of nowhere there's no cell phone service out there before we got to five five we stopped at the park that is a few miles before it we decided to have a smoke and have a look around the park is gated and fenced off at night so we couldn't go in We decided to take a few pictures. The pictures seemed normal, most of them full of dust and bugs, but one had what looked like a dog with red eyes. While we were taking the pictures, we heard dogs barking and howling, but we didn't see any dogs. We then headed to 5-5, and when we got there, we did an EVP session. We asked the question, were you assaulted down here? When we replayed the session, we heard a very clear response, yes. After that, we left and returned the next night. We got there around 10 pm. This time, it was my friend Ainver and I. We got a response on EVP of a little girl sounding very similar to the previous night's recording, saying yes. And this really disturbed us. We decided to leave. We got in the car and we noticed several child's handprints on the windows of the inside of the car. We decided to get the fuck out of there. I told you, when we got there it was 10pm. When we left, the sun was rising. We'd only been there maybe an hour at most, but somehow the clock read 6.30am. What? The last time Ainver and I were there we didn't even get a chance to get out of the car. We heard what sounded like children playing and giggling. We bailed and hit up the gas station on the way out of town. As Ainver was pumping gas he asked me to get out of the car. I got out and asked what's up and he pointed to the roof of his car On the roof there were long scratches like three claw marks dragged across the roof That was the last time Aynfor and I went there But I did go back one last time
2: Ron, what are you doing?
1: I borrowed my mum's digital recorder because I couldn't find mine I did an EVP session with some friends I didn't get anything on the recorder at all I went home, deleted the files off the recorder and put the recorder back A couple of days later, my mum used the same recorder to record one of her spiritual shamanic sessions. And when they played the recording back at the end of the session to discuss it, all that could be heard was a voice saying, that bad boy, repeatedly. And I have not been back to the 5-5 since. My final story is from early December, last year, 2018. I was walking into the living room of my apartment and something flew across the room. I thought it might have been our cat, Mozart, but he was walking in the hallway behind me. I was behind the sofa and he was casually walking into the living room looking at me like what the fuck was that? We didn't have our second cat, Falcor, yet. A few days later I was watching TV in my chair and something pulled on the left leg of my shorts. It felt like someone was trying to get my attention. Just before the new year I was again sitting in my chair in front of the TV and I felt something kick my right foot. I actually heard the kick and my foot moved back with the force. I told my fiancé Jackie about these experiences and she said that the cats are really freaked out by our spare room. Their tails puff up and they arch their backs and walk sideways like cats do when they're scared. I told my mum about it and she she said I should do an EVP session in that room. So with my mum and speakerphone Jackie and I started an EVP session. During the session my whole right side tingled and my arm was physically cold to the touch while my left side was not. During the session, my fiancé said, if you let us, we can help you. And the response creeped us out. On the recording, the response was, never. Shortly after that, Jackie and I cleansed the house with sage, incense, and some Paolo Santo wood my mum gave us. Since then, we haven't had anything happen. Sorry if this was a lot. I just had to tell you the stories. I have a lot more where that came from. I feel as though the paranormal follows me around wherever I go. I love your podcast, and I would love if you would share these stories with listeners. Thank you so much for what you do. No, thank you, Ron. Thank you, real Ron. Real nice, Ron. Real nice, Ron. Yeah,
2: actually real nice. Um,
1: Those are some fucking great stories. Stay out of
2: 5-5, five, five, man, please.
1: Oh, that sounds horrific. Although I
2: did nearly burst out laughing because the way that you read it, it Why, sounded, what did I say? It, it sounded like on the way home they robbed the gas station oh. and i was like what did you and then i realized oh no they robbed me. the
1: gas station and ron is writing this from jail
2: <laughs> uh, yeah no and they took a picture and there was a dog with red eyes they had a little nice cvp and then there was a kid and kids are scary
1: yeah, and that kid was inside the car little handprints all over the inside
2: of the car and then I would burn the fucking the car ceiling, yep. and then he goes back again
1: would you not be really curious though like I can see why he went back because I would be really curious I'd be like what is this what's happening why yeah, is but this But you're
2: happening? fine anything bad that happens if we were to do something like that would come to me this is the thing it's all right for you to be inquisitive because you'll be fine nothing will happen to you it will be attached to me i'll be the one dealing with it i'll be the one crying shit myself in the corner
1: so we've got something really exciting happening in november which i'm not going to tell you about tell listeners about yet i don't know how you're going to deal with having to go to a haunted location babe
2: I'll be fine, because this is the haunted location I really want to go to. Oh,
1: well, that's different then, because apparently (laughs) if you really want to be there, they'll leave you
2: alone. It'll be too busy looking at you. I
1: really hope that that it doesn't work like that and we get some sort of paranormal activity going on. Or at least we'll have loads of fun. Either way. But anyway, we've got one more story for you today. Ron, by the way, love those stories. And I think it's really important to remember that cats are super bright, but also... Bim's tail puffs up when she gets really excited over KFC yeah that's true so maybe your spare room was actually full of KFC (laughs) maybe that's what it was you know
2: that fried chicken goodness don't like the thought of something tugging on you and there not being anything there either
1: Mm, that is quite alarming Mm-mm. it's the whole like I mean that little suction mouth on somebody's foot as well Ugh. there's an episode of Supernatural and I don't think we got to that episode where these little like children are like like changelings and they like latch onto the mothers and the mothers don't realise that they've done it and they suck the life force from the mothers and they have these horrific like scary mouth things going on maybe that was what was sucking on your foot
2: no 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 no
1: Last story, you ready? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay, so the last story comes from Jim. And again, we've got a series of stories. Okay, let's just do this.
2: Wait, why are you making that face? Why I'm not
1: doing any face. Let's just do this. When my dad hit his midlife crisis, he decided to fulfill a lifelong dream of being a farmer, which was ridiculous. He'd grown up in Chicago. (laughs) At the time, we were living in batavia illinois in a house that is now on the registry of underground railroad sites
2: oh wow it
1: had a sub basement that no one in my family was ever brave or small enough to go down into you had to crawl down a shaft about two foot by one foot the house still stands and although we lived there for years we never had any any experiences out of the ordinary there the farm my father purchased was about 14 acres with a creek and barns and outbuildings it was idyllic and some of my fondest childhood memories are from there I was six at the time and would go out with my father to work on the farmhouse on the weekends to get the place habitable before we could move in. There were only a couple of usable rooms so we kids would take it in turns going there with him. The farm was in rural Illinois, near a town of about 900 people, mostly Norwegian farmers. It was like growing up in Lake Wobegon, the house itself was so run down that at one time chickens had been kept in one of the rooms and there were license plates nailed to the baseboard to keep out the rats. It had originally been a two-room, two-storey house and this part of the house still rested on its stone foundation. Going in the basement was like going into a castle dungeon and it always scared me. The house was so old that the original deed was signed by the Shabana Indian tribe which had occupied the area. Wow. We found tons of arrowheads out in the fields. During the second story renovation, in which we tore down all the plaster walls, we found a trove of rusted old razor blades from where a medicine cabinet had been with a slot in the back to deposit them. They literally flowed out onto the floor. We also found a tiny, ancient, high-buttoned greave shoe no bigger than a child's foot and wondered how on earth it ever got into the wall. Just lately I read somewhere that it was done during the construction at the time for good luck. We also found a letter which I still have with rat nibbled corners and florid handwriting from an Etta Greenwood to a friend named Fanny explaining why she was not.
2: <laughs> You're not laughing at Fanny, are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I get it together. For American listeners, Fanny is a British word for vagina. So I'm really, I'm, that's very childish of me <laughs> to laugh at that. Sorry, I'll continue.
2: I thought you got past it as well. You did like a good did, six, really, seven words after I really saying it. I really
1: managed it and then I just didn't. Explaining why she was not going to the ice cream social on the 4th of July. And she didn't want to go with Georgie. Poor Georgie. The letter is dated June 28th, 1878. Wow. One imagines that she wrote this letter, thought better of it, hid it in the wall and perhaps Georgie got lucky after all. Dad wound up completely restoring the house over the span of a few years and it was quite beautiful. He was less interested in farming than in just living in a nice house in the country and we eventually wound up hiring a neighbour to do the actual farming. I had several experiences in this house. Remember that these weekend work trips were to a 100 year old house that had been abandoned for years. I'll list my experiences as follows. The face. On this particular weekend it was just Dad and I. He was a hard worker and a heavy drinker, so he went to bed not long after I did. There was a habitable bedroom upstairs where he slept. I had a single bed in a small room behind the staircase that led down to the basement. Now this is approximately 1960, today we almost never experience absolute darkness. All farmers have huge sodium vapour lamps that burn all night and can be seen for miles. Farmers obviously had electricity in houses that were not built for it and when night fell, lights went off and it was absolutely dark. Profoundly dark. There was a window in my room that had no curtain in it and I remember on a moonless night not being able to discern its outline because it was pitch black as was everything else. You could quite literally not see the hand in front of your face. I'd fallen asleep and I had no idea for how long when I was awakened in terror. Without being able to see it... I knew there was a face in the blackness facing down at me, mere inches away. I could not hear breath, but that face was there. I was sure of it. As a demonstration, go into a dark room and hold your hand close to your face. Sound changes and you can feel the heat from your hand and from your face being reflected. I was literally frozen in terror. I've no idea how long this persisted, I dared not move and I think I either passed out or went back to sleep as some sort of defence. The next morning I asked my dad if he had come downstairs during the night without turning on the light. He looked at me like my head was on backwards. I remember that experience as if it happened last night, despite the 50 or more intervening years. Fortunately, it was our last night there that weekend and I looked forward to my room back home. My father was a commercial designer and my mom a teacher. She commuted 15 miles to her job and my dad commuted 40. My siblings were all at least 5 years older than me so that by the age of 10 or so I was one of the first latchkey kids with sisters busy dating and with after school activities. This didn't bother me much during the, w- during the day. I'd usually just go outside down to the creek with our dog. These circumstances also left me at home alone at night on weekends where my mom and dad had a party to go to or shopping and the sisters were on dates. I'd wait up watching the one channel we got on our TV until they got home. Once, however, my next in line sibling, who would have been about 16, was home, so I felt a bit braver. When she went to her room upstairs, I went on to my bedroom down the hall. I wasn't asleep yet when I heard her yelling. My sisters were both pretty teenagers, newly moved to this tiny farm town, so they got a lot of attention from the local boys. They would play pranks try to window peep. One of them actually put a ladder up to my sister's room one night and my dad responded by greeting them with a shotgun. So I soon she was yelling at some local yahoo and went down to her room to check. She had the window open and was yelling I know you're out there you idiots but I could hear a bit of a tremble in her voice. There was enough of a moon as such that you could pretty clearly see the road that ran past the house and there were no cars parked there which teen boys would have done. Town was over two miles away and the nearest farms were all older folks that we knew with grown-up kids or kids my age. I could hear a slight rustling in the corn just off the road near our chicken coop. But then I heard what she heard. It is very hard to describe. At first it sounded like someone making a sound like a chicken or something like a chicken, but only deeper, more resonant and yet it had a quality to it that would have been hard to recreate with the human voice. I remember wondering if it might be some kind of duck call or something. I said, What was that? And she didn't answer. I could see her tensed up, listening. Then, voice shaking a little bit, she again yelled, I can hear you. Silence for a moment, then the bird-like sound somewhat closer to the house still in the rows of corn. For a moment both of us stared into the darkness to see any movement. But then a different sound occurred. The same pitch but different. As if it were a different call, warbling and trailing off at the end, clearly not human nor from any of our pigs or sheep which would have been in the barn anyway. My sister slammed the window shut, pulled her curtains and dragged me downstairs where we waited. She with Dad's shotgun on her lap, in the brightly lit dining room until my mum and dad got home. Our story was met with a good degree of derision and we went back to bed. The next day, almost having forgotten the event, a neighbour friend and I were roaming around looking for something to do. And I had the idea of going into the corn where we'd heard the sounds. The daylight made me braver of course, and the nature of this plot of corn was that it was planted in rows paralleling the road so walking up to the head rows you could see straight between the rows for quite a distance. Nothing. Emboldened, we entered the corn. At about the area where we'd heard the sounds of the night before, I saw in the dark loam three footprints. We had chickens, of course, and this part of the Midwest is pheasant country. But I knew their tracks well. These were what appeared to be bird prints, but larger. But larger larger than an ostrich sunk deeply into the soil as if from some great weight we never heard these sounds again and to this day we seldom even talk about it I'm going to pause there we've got two more stories to go from Jim but what are your thoughts on bird creature?
2: it's clearly big bird
1: either big bird or do you remember when we did the episode on uh, crawlers? yeah and people talked about how they had big three
2: yeah three. pronged bit, yeah. footprints oh maybe it's them that's
1: what I thought when I was listening to this story mm,
2: mm, yeah maybe it's cooler and
1: I can't imagine um, unless there was like an ostrich farm nearby
2: In probably not in the 60s
1: probably not in the 60s though you're right yeah. it's true anyway sorry I'm gonna I just wanted to pause there for a second and
2: she said it was bigger than ostrich as well didn't she yeah I and... used to have something called an elephant bird in didn't know it stays back in like prehistory it used to be huge
1: yeah prehistory being the operative term might there. still be alive. Oh, okay. Maybe it is still alive.
2: Like the Yeti and Velociraptors.
1: Two more. <laughs> fuck off. Two more <laughs> stories. Number three, this story is called Rocking Chair. This is a short one. My room was in one of the dormers made by the roof of the house after we'd added rooms. At the time, I had a little rocking chair just like my dad's. I sat in the corner of my room. In the summer time we almost always had the windows open at night to allow for a breeze. It wasn't until we'd been there a couple of years that we got a window air conditioner and it only handled the downstairs. On this winter night though the window was closed. You could hear the old furnace in the basement making its familiar clinking sounds and if you were near enough to a floor vent you could feel the slight flow of air. I had no fan in my room so there was very little air movement. This was decades before people put ceiling fans in their homes. Something awakened me sharply, as if I'd heard a noise, but I didn't remember if I had. My attention was immediately drawn to this little rocking chair which was vigorously rocking back and forth, nearly tipping over at each end of the swing. We had cats but they never came upstairs, and my door was closed anyway. My clear memory of this is me making a moaning sound and going back under the covers. It was a sound of fear that through my sleep dulled brain was about all I could muster. I wanted to look away as quickly as I could because even in that drowsy state I knew damn well there was nothing there to cause this. I almost immediately went back to sleep. The next day, of course, I examined the chair. We had thick throw rugs in our rooms and my chair sat on one. It didn't weigh much to begin with and even a vigorous push would only result in one or two rocks before coming to a stop. I never told anyone about this. And one more an even shorter one. We had an ancient outbuilding on this farm, a machine shed where tractors were stored, a corn crib, a milk house, a well house and a huge old barn with a silo. I and my friends spent hours playing in these barns doing things that even free-range parents today would consider too dangerous. I was by myself this day and just went into the barn to check our old pony when I looked up and the blood stopped in my veins my face felt that momentary terror like a rush of heat and electricity there in the shadows at the top of the building were two huge black soulless eyes in a mouthless white face with an unnaturally long nose staring at me intently for one short moment i was as terrified as i've ever been in my life until i realized it was a barn owl yay that was our last story of today.
2: Or was it an alien?
1: No, I'm pretty sure it was a barn owl. Uh. I can see how people are really petrified of barn owls, though. Because they're so silent. Yeah. And they're so still. And they have those
2: huge, like... And they're still really white, even in the dark.
1: Oh, yeah, they are. Because we we watched those barn owls, mm. or whatever they are. Or whatever, snowy owls, or whatever they were. They were, were. barn owls. Um. That day, and they're they're honestly they're so silent yeah. and so white, and like they're beautiful. But I can see how people would be freaked out by them, especially if you ever seen like owl chicks. They're fucking hideous. And even like even creatures, technical
2: scoop pals which are a grey colour, but they've got like massive not eyes but massive round like eye, not sockets but eye plates.
1: So where their feathers yeah. are different colour, yeah.
2: And they've got massive ones. Yeah. And they're American.
1: You can see how they would be, yeah. how you'd be freaked out. Absolutely. So what were your thoughts on today's stories?
2: Um, hmm, hmm. I feel bad for Ron.
1: Me too. You've got all that shit following you around, yeah. Ron. Ron, you what need was to... What the name hit... of the last
2: guy, Jim? Jim. Yeah, he has not had too much luck. Jim's either. a long-time listener, actually. Yeah. he's not had much luck either
1: no he hasn't although it's all happened although in that I did one like that, farmhouse. i did like
2: that last story because it kind of left me on a good note hasn't it yeah just an
1: owl i thought it'd be nice to leave you on a good note yeah, this week thanks. and i really enjoyed that story because when i was reading it first i was like <gasps> oh what the fuck is it and then i was like oh thank god it's an owl, an
2: owl. i was thinking okay. plague mask
1: oh no i was thinking mm. um like a gray or like some sort of rake looking thing mm. that's what i was thinking when i read it first and then when i realized it was what an owl was the story was really immediately
2: happy. before the again
1: The story immediately for The Owl was the rocking chair.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm not down with rocking chairs. No, I know you're not. Or anything that moves for a prolonged period of time more than it should do naturally. Yeah. It's very hard to recreate that amount of rocking with the wind.
1: It's a real... um, The rocking chair is a real pivotal point in The Woman in Black as well, isn't it? Mm. The rocking chair, there's a whole... Like, it's just such a massive plot point in that story constantly continually through it and i I don't know if in the film as much but in the book definitely it's a big plot point so three stories well loads of stories within the three stories would you like some reviews
2: yes please
1: i'm going to give you three new reviews are you ready
2: yeah go for it
1: the first one comes from sponging a day and it is entitled brilliant podcast can you write more than one review I think i've already reviewed but anyway this is my new favorite podcast for the paranormal <laughs> spooky and funny the hosts banal waffle is brilliant and relatable the stories are well researched and told amazingly i don't listen to the film reviews because i don't watch films but i'm sure they're just as hilarious and creative as the stories you guys should consider some higher tiers on your patreon supporter pe- page i'd definitely pledge more uh, do you know what? that's a really great thing that if you don't watch films if you're not yeah. interested just skip them yep like because you know we had that review where the person was like i don't want to listen to you ramble on about films blah, blah, blah. yeah fine like that i get that a
2: waffle, wasn't it?
1: that no that was a different one was it. and i do i do get that like i get that people must find it really annoying if you're not a film person but just skip them yeah you know we don't really refer back to them after we have finished reviewing it so it's a good thank you sponging a day and we won't be doing higher tiers on our patreon page that's never going to happen because
2: I. But thanks for the sentiment. Mate.
1: Th- I really do appreciate the sentiment. Like that's such a lovely thing to say that you would give us more money, but I think five dollars is enough yeah. for anybody a month to pay to us to do anything. Really, our next one is called uh, is from Alaska Beans, you, and it's called Cool Beans. Time. We get bored a lot in the absolute boonies of Alaska, which is actually something we discussed today so good entertainment is a must especially during the four month long darkness oh. this show entertains spooks and makes me cackle laugh loud enough for the other 10 people living in the village to look at me at <laughs> askins sorry i really appreciate the sarcasticness and the sharpness of that review that was great imagine four months of darkness mm. oh my god i mean i'd love it i'd just sleep the whole four months i think i'd be I like a bear. bear
2: i'd be crying
1: I know you'd hate it, it would kill you, but I would be like a little bear.
2: I'm already not liking the fact that it's getting darker earlier.
1: I know, and it really is getting darker. And it's dark when we get up in the morning now, which is very annoying. And the last one, curly girl 202 says she is addicted. Stumbled across this podcast when browsing ghost stories on Apple and I'm absolutely addicted. I binged all the available episodes in a week and now can't wait for each new episode episode emma and dan have great chemistry and have great podcast voices spooky yet somehow soothing recommending to everyone thank you guys so much for your reviews i just want to say that this podcast community is amazing you are such gorgeous people and all you have to do is look on our socials and it's just like oh everyone's just so lovely to each other like i never have to be like banning people or you know censoring people for saying horrible things everyone's just really exception of one another and that's really nice just wanted to say that brilliant so i appreciate it they make my day on a daily basis um so if you want to talk to us if you want to join in our communities you can do so by liking our facebook page real life ghost stories podcast and you can also join our super secret facebook group which is rlgs super group the answer to the question is emma and Dan and there is loads of stuff going on over there we love it everybody loves it there's lots of great people posting lots of great memes that's what you need in life if you want to talk to us on instagram you can follow me on instagram at real life ghost stories you can follow dan on instagram
2: at 50p movie club
1: and you can follow uh dan on twitch
2: at milo Skiba, m-i-l-o-s-k-i-b-a we had our first little twitch session last night it was good fun for those of you that were involved
1: And you can follow us on Twitter.
2: At Pod. I couldn't remember what I was
1: going to say there. I was like, (laughs) where else do we have stuff? And if you have a story, most importantly, that you want to send us, you can send it to ReallifeGhostStoriesPodcast at gmail.com.
2: We will get to it eventually.
1: We will get to it eventually. And finally, we have a Patreon page, which means that if you enjoy our podcast and want to support it, and want to help us make it more of a lucrative business, you can do so by pledging to our Patreon page. You just need to go to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories and you can pledge either $2 or $5 a month to get extra content. We post extra content weekly for $5 tiers and we have 50p movie club for $2 tiers which is
2: uh, it's a it is a was a well it is a podcast that I did with Will, um, where we looked at really bad movies and chatted about them, um, and I've got some hot off the press news that there will be a second season. Ooh! Only with Will, because he's the other side of the world, and it's not with me. And it's not with Emma. So exciting!
1: It is very. I'm very excited for your new season. I think people are going to love it. And on that note, have you anything else that you would like to add?
2: I'd like to dedicate this uh, podcast to comrade.
1: r.i.p RIP. if you beers in heaven that's really that's a really specific reference to if you watched Dan's twitch stream last (laughs) night I didn't watch it but I was just told all about it this morning and on that note we love you You you're wonderful keep listening tell your friends and we shall see you next week
2: peace out
0: Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a
2: football game in front of thousands of people.
0: Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again.
2: You will. Stop it, you're going to scare away new listeners.
0: Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.